Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reimbold, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the corn patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. That's cradle at jewishprophet.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard. Now let me say that again. We Turn with me in the book of Acts this morning. Last night uh, we left off talking in 1 Samuel 16 about how it was that, that, that Samuel took the oil, the horn of oil, and poured it upon David's head and anointed him. Of course, he did the same thing with Saul, which we're going to talk about a bit later. But what I want you to get in your noggins is, again, that there are Pacific prophets in which God uses to prophesy national and international events. This isn't done. It isn't done. And I used last night the difference between taking a little league, a 12-year-old little league player that's the best little league player in the United States, and putting him over here to play uh, against the St. Louis Cardinals this afternoon, he wouldn't stand a chance because he is not experienced in what? In professional baseball, okay? Uh, uh, the thing that happens with these things is the same thing uh, that I just used that illustration as. These guys that are trying to walk into a professional area or a professional baseball stadium, if you will, and ask little leaguers, it doesn't work, folks. It wasn't meant to work, nor will it ever work. And I think there's been a lot of people been sadly disappointed in the way they are. Now, I go to Paul because I want you to, I want you to, we're going to study this this morning for a few minutes, and I want you to understand that Paul was a chosen vessel of God. And there is a difference between being a chosen vessel of God and being a called vessel of God. We're all called, but bless God, there's some of us that are chosen of God to do specific things on the face of this earth. And I, again, I use myself as, as that illustration. I am called of God to be a prophet that's sent to the nations. And I have traveled many, many of these nations across the world and prophesied them at this point. Now, in the ninth chapter, it said in Saul... Yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went into the, uh, into, into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined about him a light from heaven. Now, did Paul have any, did Paul, was, was Paul, I guess this would be the right way to put this, was Paul in any way, shape, or form, trying to talk God into letting him be a, an apostle or a prophet. No, not at all. Paul was about his business. Paul was a Pharisee, all right? He was a Pharisee. And because he was a Pharisee, he was protecting the law. And, and this thing that was going on with this guy called Jesus, he was all against it, altogether against it, all right? He consented unto the death of, of Stephen, all right? Now, it goes on to say about this light that shined around him. The fourth verse said, And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Can you imagine that? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and, and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee, what thou must do. So he gave him direction, didn't he? And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. 
So and all they did was they, but they heard the voice, didn't they? And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did he eat nor drink. Now, I wonder if that is a kind of a neat way for God to get his attention. Now, stop and think about this, folks. This guy didn't attend, uh, he, this guy did not attend a service at the local synagogue, receive Jesus Christ, get the Holy Ghost, speak in other tongues, and go home and have a vision or a dream or any kind of visitation. Amen? Okay, so so you understand now. Here's now here, and Paul was 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 probably the greatest of the apostles that we read of in what we call the New Testament. That blessed God that he was used of God, anointed of God. But here, but he didn't know, did he not? He did not know. Now it goes on to say in the tenth verse, and there was a certain uh, a disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and 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 he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, and for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Now, now let's understand that. Is Ananias here called a prophet? No. He is obviously a child of God. He was given this vision. He accepts the vision. Now, but you understand, this wasn't on some great big national or international level. It wasn't on some great big level that covered Israel itself, all right? This was into a personal, this was into a personal ordeal. It was Ananias going to see Paul or Saul. Now, this is normal. Now, I made a statement last night, and, and a couple of the gals this morning at breakfast was um, discussing this statement with me, and I, I want to go on with what I was saying, which their, their question was legitimate, but it was going to be answered, and I'm going to get to it now. When I said if you're having more than, you know, if you're having all these dreams and visions every week, then they're not, you know, they're not from God, meaning on a great big international level, Okay and a great big level as for the whole state of Illinois in this case. But you should be having dreams, visitations, and, 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 and all types of visions, if, if, if necessary, for your own personal life. What God is dealing with you about is to get you rightly related to Him first, and then rightly related to your brothers and sisters, all right? And now what God is going to do is use the time of visitation to straighten your life up, to get you right in His eyes. That's what it's all about. You, you know, the folks, God's not... The, number one, for, I, I never can understand. It's got to be pride. Why anybody thinks that they'd ever want to have to get in a position where they got to stand up and say, Thus saith the mouth of God about anything seems to me to be utterly ridiculous, repulsive almost to me. And here I do it, and I do it all the time, but, you know, I, I don't understand people wanting to volunteer for such an act as that. And we have churches that are full of people that, bless God, that are prophesying every week that's no more from God than a man in the moon. All right? It's either a familiar spirit in operation or, bless God, that they're active minds, which can be uh, either thing. So, so what God's primary basis to, for communication with you, whatever He chooses that to be, it may be dreams, it may be visions, visitations, whatever it is, it is number one to get your life straightened up and growing up in Him. That's what it's about. 
It's not visiting you so you can be a hero to the world. You can be a hero to the church or the hero to the people next door. It's for you and your growth and your growing up. So, so uh, when those visions or dreams or visitations come outside of personally for you, then then's when you've got to be more than a little bit concerned that it's all going on. And I hope I said enough last night, again, about the man from Oregon and the way all that came down was the fact that, yes, it sounded real, and yes, it was really wrong. Okay? Now, let's go on. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go to the straight, straight, uh, uh, straight call straight, and inquire there in the house of Jews, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. So now what's God's going to do? God's going to send Ananias to him, and Ananias is going to lay his hand on him, now, did Paul know he was coming? Yes. Paul knew that he was coming. See, I, 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 I don't... Uh, the development of the anointing in our lives is a slow, ardent process. The problem with you and I is we want to think because we look in the mirror and we're, we are adults, we want to think that, well, now that I'm saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, then, you know, the next thing that happens to me is I'm going to walk on water and raise the dead. I'm not going to be taking my time... Uh, to have to grow as everybody else grows. I often use the illustration when some of these young knuckleheads come around that's been saved and filled with the Holy Ghost for all of five years, saying that God sent them to me for me to anoint them so that they become all anointed ones and begin to raise the dead next week. Now, I said this at breakfast, and I'll say it again. I say this not that I would slap somebody, but that's what I say. They ought to be slapped, all right? Because the fact of it is, it's taken me, in this case, 30-some years I sat under ministry uh, somewhere around seven years before I started ministering. And then, bless God, so you're talking 37 years of all this stuff is going on in my life. And and here I am at the point I am, and some young uh, uh, character come in and think I'm going to pour oil on him, and he's all of a sudden going to bypass all those years that I've had to fast, I've had to pray, all those 40-day fasts, 30-day fasts, 21-day fasts, 3-day fasts, 1-day fast, overnight fast, all the things I've done over all those years, and one thing of pouring oil on him and laying hands on him, going to call, if that's going to happen, I quit. Do you understand that? I quit. There is no easy way into this thing, folks. And we might as well quit acting like that all my troubles are going to be over tomorrow if I just get a lucky set of hands laid on me or if I just get some oil poured on me. It's not going to change. You know, I, 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 you, you're not going to force God's hand. You can't grow up any quicker than you grow up. All right? That is up to you. But you're going to pay the price to grow up in, in the Spirit. You're going to pay it. So anyway, uh, we know that we know that, bless God, that uh, in the 17th verse, and Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him, said, "Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost." And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized, and 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 he had received meat. And he was strengthened, then was all certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. Now, that old boy started out in the first verse, uh, wanting to <laughs> haul him in, and there he is in the 19th verse, he was one of them. But you see, God's plan for you and, and, and your plan for you may be two different plans. Did Saul set out to be a Pharisee? Of course he did. 
Did Saul end up being a Pharisee? No, Saul ended up being a great apostle from the Lord God. But again, I use that as illustration for you to understand that, that what God, you know, the people that carry these types of anointings, anointing like in which I have, have paid big time prices to carry them. We, we don't do this in, in trying to be uh, uh, superheroes to anybody. We don't do it because necessarily it's what we want to do. It's what we're called to do. There isn't anything else in this world that I can do. If there was, probably I'd go try to do it. Because, I, you know, I, I, I say that, I try to do it, but I always keep my day job. This is my day job, all right? Uh, the fact of it is that I love to minister. I live to minister. This is what I do. This is what I am. This is what God created me to be. I live and I strive for the anointing to come upon me that I can feed the people. That's what I do, all right? The Paul uh, was brought in the way we brought. Now, in 2 Corinthians, and I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 11, 2 Corinthians 11, and we're going to uh, examine here a few things. 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4, it says, But I fear, least by any means, as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, now let's stop there for a minute. Now, now what the, the Apostle Paul is saying here is that he said, I fear that your, that, that bless God, that, that, that your, your, your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity of things like, we're talking about things that should be very simple here. But they're not being simple because what people are doing are simply taking supernatural things and trying to turn them into natural things. And it won't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Uh, the first thing that I would do if I were you was somebody come and had some great uh, piece of uh, a prophecy to give the, through a dream of visitation or, or vision, the first thing I believe I'd do it would be to ask, how were you called into, into the ministry? Now, let me tell you something, and, and let's try to, get this, try to get this all straight. Number one, prophecy isn't going to come out of the back room of somebody's house. All right? Prophecy, you may be giving it there. But you're going to have to go somewhere, get in front of people, and prophesy it. You got to get. You can't. You can't be to your wife. It can't be to your next door neighbor and your wife. It can't be for the four people that come over to share a Sabbath meal with you. That's not the way this thing works. This thing works that if you're going to be an international prophet, then you've got to get somehow in the light of people around this world, where people have an opportunity to hear you. That, that, that has, and in my case, kings, princesses, and, and, and prime ministers, and presidents, and everything else, leaders of the countries that I've stood before, and I've prophesied. That's the way you find out. You've got to find out. If, if you're going to believe that you're called to be a major prophet, then there's going to be some things that you're going to have to understand that's got to have happened to you. One is you're going to have had to have in your life, long before the fact that you ever did very much of anything to God, a supernatural experience with God. Something that blessed God that has been there. Something that you know that's been there. And bless God, if you haven't had those things, then you want to back up and begin to, begin to, to, to contemplate this. But you see, never has the church ever been able to identify the fact that a familiar spirit can and does come into the meetings. We believe because we say you're bound in Jesus' name that, bless God, that the powers of darkness can't do and can't be in the meetings. You're wrong. There is darkness in this room today. I have the control over the darkness because of the anointing that's in my life. All right? You have control that's helping control that today. 
And, 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 and I, you know, I've told stories before about I've had, had ministry here in this room years ago where people would bless God, that, you know, all kind of things happened. One woman got underneath one of those chairs one of the times and started prophesying. And bless God, now, is that of God? Of course it's not of God. And she said, well, I'm sorry. She said, I am the, uh, the head song leader at the First Assembly Church of the city such and such. I said, then she said, I couldn't have a, a, a familiar spirit. And I said, well, what do you think that was, Jesus Christ? Huh? But you see, most of the time it never dawns on us because somehow we believe that since we have entered in, and, and it's important to understand that when you have been born again, what happens to you, all right? But what we don't and seem to have never received in all this is the fact that not only are we born again into the kingdom, we are still vulnerable to darkness. We don't understand that. Jesus was vulnerable to darkness. When He went up to the mount and, and He prayed, and 40 days and 40 nights, the, uh, the, Satan came to Him. Now, folks, now I'm, I'm going to tell you something. If Satan can come to the Son of God, he can come to us. Well, yeah, but Jesus knew who He was, so therefore we would know who He is. Not necessarily you would know. In fact, again, because the Scriptures, in which we'll try to get to some of them, you'll begin to understand. The fourth verse, For he that cometh preacheth another, uh, another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if he receive another spirit. And what I want you to get a hold of, if he receive another spirit. Now, they're not talking about another Jesus whom we have not preached. We, we, that's not what's going on here. But we're, uh, I'm concerned about receiving another spirit which we have not received. Now, is the spirit that's going on right now the spirit that the real prophets have received? No. It's another spirit. It's a different spirit. Why? Because it's not God. It's not God. If it was God, bless God, there would have been a terrible earthquake in the Northwest. There would have been those things that that man said that he, he saw in the dream from, from God. It didn't happen, so there is another spirit prevalent in this thing. Now, as we go on through this, he says, which we have not received, or another gospel which we have not accepted, you might uh, well bear with him. Now, again, I want you to concentrate just upon receiving of another spirit. So Paul was concerned about the receiving of another spirit. Another spirit coming in. Another, another means to come in to do what? To deceive the people. What will another spirit do? Another spirit that comes in, and this is the reason I always talk to pastors, and, and bless their heart, pastors need somewhere that they can go. Pastors need some place where, bless God, they can attend to set under a real prophet where they can get their clocks cleaned every once in a while themselves. You understand what I'm saying? Because what pastors do, pastors fall into, bless God, a syndrome or a spirit of, bless God, a sleep. And I don't mean, I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually. Because they get so busy because of all the pressure that's put on to them, or put to them by the congregation, that they're so busy about doing nothing that they don't have time to seek God and do what they need to do in, in, in your behalf before God. And, and pastors need time. Alright? They need time. They need to be able to get away. I don't mean so much on vacations. They need to get away where they can be ministered to. Let's go down to the 12th verse, same chapter. It says, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers. I'm sorry, 12th verse. But what do I, but what I do, but what I do, that will I do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, 
that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostle of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is a great thing if, if, if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their, to their works. Now, again, Paul is speaking and trying to get us to understand that there is a grand possibility that Satan himself does come into the church, does come into the people, does come into the leadership of the church, and transforms himself into an angel of light, which means what? Now, if you've ever seen an angel of darkness, all right, if you've ever, God's ever permitted you to see an angel of darkness, then you know what an angel of darkness looks like, okay? Now, if you've never seen one, you don't know, obviously, but, but let me tell you something. When the angels that come to me, and there's two that come, now when those angels come to me, bless God, I know who they are. You know why? Because I can look at you and you're you, right? Angels, are, aren't, they all don't look the same. People get to think, well, they're all the same. No, they, 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 they absolutely are not all the same. They, they basically, they're big, they're, they're white, they're white-robed, and they, they got all different kind of ways that they can present themselves. But you've got to understand something. That, if, if, an, if an angel of darkness appeared to me and looked like one of them, I at first would honestly believe that there was another angel being sent to me. Why wouldn't I? Because I know what those angels look like. Now, if an angel of darkness, which I have seen, was to come, I go, oh, oh, you might as well hike on out the door, friend, because not friend, you should never call him friend, I guess. But you should mark out the door there because I'm not going to receive you because you're darkness. You see, it's not what we know that hurts us, it's not what we don't know. And that's where we get in trouble. The things that we don't know are the things that will come in and bite us on the backside. And that's what's happening in this thing with all this prophecy that's going on. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4. And it says here in the first verse, 2 Timothy 4, it says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Again, I don't think a lot of the ministers today understand we're going to be judged. I don't, I don't think a lot of the churches today, most of the ministry today doesn't fear God. Okay? Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. So you see, part of the ministry is to do what? Is to, is to uh, reprove and rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering in do doctrine. And doctrine, I'm sorry. But to rebuke and reprove is part of that. You don't, you see, the church doesn't want to be reproved or rebuked, either one. Why don't they? Because they don't want to be told they're wrong. What, what, if, I, what if I was to go in front of a congregation today of 5,000 people? And I was to stand there, and I'm ministering to Sam now, and all of a sudden God would speak to me in that audible voice, and he'd say to me, rebuke the people because they're falling after this and this and this. Now, you know how long it would take for those people, those spirits, and last night I talked about the way I can see those spirits come up in you when something's said that you don't quite agree with or you don't quite know, and they all come. Well, they'd be popping all over the place, okay? Enough so that I'd be standing there going, wow, must have hit that one right. How do you know? You see, that's why prophet like me knows, I know where I'm, when I'm getting in your pocket, I'm watching your spirit. There's a whole big difference between me watching your spirit and me watching what you do, all right? Your spirit will give you away. You can, you can, you can deceive me 
by acting like, well, that's all right, but not your spirit. Your spirit will never deceive me because why? I read the spirit, all right? Now, so he's trying to get us to understand, for the time will come, the third verse, that they will not endure sound doctrine. Now, what's he talking about? He can very well be talking about what we're going through right now. See, we're, we're not, we are not enduring sound doctrine, okay? But they, after their own lust, shall, shall, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Look at all the junk that's going around. Look at all the things that's going around right now that's being taught right here in America. Traveling the states now is very interesting to me because I'm getting a firsthand, uh, if you will, account of all this stuff that's going on. Now, one of the big things that's going on today is that when we pray, there is gold dust falling. Has any of you here heard any of that? Have any of you been in any of those services? Oh, I pray to God that wasn't the truth. The fact of it is, how many of you have been in the ones where the diamonds have come down, where there's diamonds to be collected, all right? Now, now, now let me tell you something, folks. Now, uh, here where we live here, that's a bunch of hogwash. Okay, and I'm going to tell you that, and I'm going to prove it to you real quickly. There's nowhere in that book that's in your lap this this morning are you going to find where there was any gold dust that fell or any diamonds to be found. There's nothing there. Now, if it's not there and it's not in the book, what are you doing? Well, Brother Decker, we're in the last days. What does that have to do with a God that says that my word shall endureth forevermore? What's that got anything to do with a God that says, and I change not? What I've done for one generation, I'll do for the other generation. You see, uh, folks, these are dangerous doctrines that are being preached. These are dangerous things. Uh, uh, bless God that uh, teachers are coming, and, 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 and bless God uh, and the itching ears of people wanting to hear something new. I want to be involved with something new. Uh, you know, and, and oh, what it is. And oh, Don and I have been around. They've sat and talked about the gold dust and the diamonds and all these things that, that bless God's going on. And, 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 and you know, and there, there's that same old thing. You just want to slap them. What did that further their life? Now, here's, here's, where, the, here's where the catch is. Anything that we minister needs to further your life with the Lord Jesus Christ. What does dust from gold coming down on you when you pray, or finding diamonds got to do as you pray, got to do for your furtherment of you, your spirit man, into God's kingdom here on this earth? Not one iota. Nothing. And because it isn't, it isn't from God. See, that's exactly what Paul was talking about. We have got so much junk that's going on. Every, have you noticed now that we've got a great influx of all these dudes that have gone to heaven or to hell? Have you noticed that? Is there any place in here that explains heaven and hell like some of these guys that are going around the country telling us about heaven and hell? Not a one, is there? And yet they're drawing crowds. People want to come in. People want to hear. People want to be a part of that. What's that about? I'll tell you what that's about. It's a, again, it's a bunch of hogwash. And people are flooding halls and doing what, what, what's up, what, what, what is it? Folks, if it's not in the book, just don't accept it. Is that too tough to understand? If, if it's not consistent with God, then it's not consistent with us today. Just don't accept it. But no, we run around, oh, it's something different. Oh, my Lord, I, and I saw the gold dust. Well, if you did, then you just had your first account, if you never have had, of a familiar spirit. Thus say this prophet from the mouth of God. 
And you say, oh, my, oh, my, I, I, I don't know whether that's right or not. Well, it doesn't matter to me whether you think it's right or not. You prove to me that it, bless God is scriptural. Everything else got to be scriptural. You know, every, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, that's not out of the mouth of God. Please, some of, you, some of you need to champion this kind of a thing, and some of you need to get in a position where when this stuff goes on, challenge him people, say, show me in the Scripture where that's at. It has to come out of what? The volume of the book. It has to come out of it. Now, he goes on to say, he says, but after their own lust shall they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. The fourth verse says this, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. Now, are they turned their way from the truth that enter into the fairy tales or fables? Yes, they are. To be around people that bless God, they're telling you, we're praying, oh, we get to see in this gold dust. And it's just like one of these prominent preachers I was around not too long ago that come to me when I called the angels into one of the meetings and said, well, now, Brother Deckard, I saw all the angels. I said, oh, that's good. He said, they were right back over there. He said, that woman stood right back over there, come in first and was back over there. He said, in particular, he said, I was, I was really caught by the gold that was on the tips of their wings. I said, oh, really? And I turned around and walked off, and another brother come up, and he said, man, you got a look on your face like somebody done ate the, as you say, the hog ate the cabbage. I said, let me tell you something about this prominent prophet you got over here, friend. This guy thinks them angels got wings. Them angels don't got no wings. The cherubim's got wings. Come on, now, some of you sitting there acting like a dog with a new bowl. If you've seen angels, the angels don't have wings. And yet this guy seems to be, and he's gone all over the country prophesying this and prophesying that, and he don't know the difference what an angel looks like. Folks, something is deathly wrong. You understand what I'm saying? We are so hungry to follow after something, we'll follow around after anything that, bless God, that comes around that identifies itself with the Lord Jesus Christ. We just jump in line and, oh, yeah, oh, my, the gold dust, the diamonds, going to heaven, going to hell, the angels with the gold tip on their wings. I hope that sounded like some kind of a fairy because that's what I meant it for it to sound like. No more God than a man in the moon. And yet we chase that stuff around. It's filling up halls and people are getting all excited about it. Why? Because that is taking them away from the program of God and taking them this direction when God is desperately trying to get you to go this way. What God is trying to do, He's trying to get the remnant to get on the same page. The remnant is never going to get on the same page till the remnant grows up. till the remnant begins to understand the difference between darkness and light by and according to the Word of God and that only. And that's the only way that this thing operates. It doesn't operate with, well, now God spoke to me and told me. You know, I, then people stand there and say, well, now God told me that gold dust was real. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If that's the same voice you're hearing that's telling you all those other things you think He's telling you, then you're being led by a familiar spirit all the time. And people don't like that very well either, do they? Well, let's go, let's go to First uh, John. First John, First John, four. Okay, beloved, believe not every spirit. Whoa! Come on now, stay with me, beloved. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they be of God. Because many false prophets are going out into the world. Now I want to stop right there. How are you going to try the spirits? Well, now, brother Deckard. I discern spirits. But what if that spirit comes as an angel of light? Now you say, oh, I always know. Well, if you do, you're smarter than Paul. 
I'm going to show you in a few minutes about Paul, all right, and familiar spirits. But the fact of it is, we know by what? The fruit that they produce, and if the fruit that they produce has to line up with the Word of God. Remember that. The first thing that you need to do when somebody starts telling you that, 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 that bless God, that uh, this is going to happen, or there's going to be an earthquake, there's going to be that, there's going to be this, let's see your credentials. Let's see your track record. Who do you answer to? Who'd you run this by? How many days did you fast? How many, how much, you know, what, what, what gives you the kind of credentials that you would stand and, and God would want you to do this and, and you take the, take the, the time and the place to, to walk into, into a major prophet's place? What is it about that? And I'm going to tell you what 99.9% of it is. It's called ultra ego. People wanting to be something that they're not. They're not sad. See, that's a, and, and there's a great dissatisfaction in the body or in the ministry right now because nobody seems to want to be anything but apostles and prophets. That's what everybody wants to be. Everybody wants to be a prophet. Everybody wants to be an apostle. We don't have any more pastors, evangelists, and teachers because, I mean, after all, they don't get any attention anymore. Oh, you've got to be spiritual, so you've got to be a prophet. And especially if you give a word of knowledge, that seems to make you a prophet. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I give words. You know, I, I keep saying over and over again, do you know the least of all the things that I do and it just aggravates a toad out of me when God makes me do it is have to give a word of knowledge to anybody. You know why? If you're born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, if you'll anoint your head and wash your face and you fast, and if it takes 30 days, you can get the answer. But no, you're too cockeyed lazy to do that. You'll come look up a prophet like me and, Oh, prophet, give me a word from God. And we're stupid enough to bless God to, to, to hand out words sometime when we don't even have to be handing them out so you don't have to get into it and dig God out for yourself and find out who He is and what the answer is. Somebody say amen. Because it's the truth. Everybody out running around. And you know what really gripes me? The same people that are so blessed God needing a word and a guidance are the same people on this side having dreams and visions to try to help guide other people with. Stop it! Understand it doesn't work that way. Who in the name of God do you think I go to? Nobody in this room and nobody on this earth has ever had me come to them and say, Oh, what has God got to say for guidance for my life? I've got to anoint my head, wash my face. If it takes 40 days and 40 nights, that's the way I hear. Now, why can't you hear that way? Oh, but I'm spiritual, Brother Decker. No, you're a fool, Brother Decker. And that's what you are. You're just not smart enough to recognize it. Till you get around somebody like me that does what I do, you don't know what kind of a fool you make out of yourself. Come sit down with me, start talking to me and ask me, what should I do here? Where should I go there and all that? And then, and then right before that or after that, make the grand statement of the greatest next dream you've had from God. Get out of here! It doesn't work that way. And yet, bless God, you're willing to act big time with everything you do until it comes down to you, yourself, and I. Then you run like a scared rabbit trying to find a hole to jump in and grab a hold of the prophet. Grow up. That's all I've got to say about it. Just grow up. We can't grow up because what we got, we're working in, we're working in familiar spirits. They're all over the place. They're everywhere. They're doing all these things. And when he came into this, when he came into this place, in First John, and he, he, he said, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they be of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now, now, now we've got to understand something here. 
primarily he's talking about, and well, let's go on. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. All right? And every spirit that confesses not Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not God. Now, what he's talking about there is obviously spirits of darkness. All right? But he's also made the statement above about every that we're not to believe every spirit. All right? That it has to line up with the Word of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, wherefore ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. In other words, you don't have to receive that. You don't have to receive that stuff. The problem gets to be in folks that people, as I said, we're chasing so many things, we don't know what, we don't know what in the world to chase and what not to chase. Let's go to Matthew, uh, the tenth chapter. Matthew 10. Got one verse here I want to use. Well, I have to be careful here and make sure I get through all this. Like I said, I might have more material than I've got time to do. Matthew 10, 20. And it says here, For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Now, I want to read that again. Now, he's going through, and I'm not going to go through all this, uh, but, uh, but for it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. So you see, when, when, you're, when you're speaking, thus saith the mouth of God, then you're speaking that which the Father has given you. Prophets are mouthpieces of God. All we are doing is mimicking what we hear God tell us. It ain't great revelation knowledge, dear God in heaven. I hear God speaking to me in this audible voice today, and I'm just repeating when I hear Him say something, I just repeat it. I mean, it, you know, he, he could use a, well, He used a jackass and a rooster. I mean, if that makes you feel any better about yourself, try that one out. See, often I, I tell people, I said, well, you don't have to feel too high and mighty and overloaded about the whole thing. I said, if necessary, God will use a jackass and a rooster. He did it before. He'll do it again. And if this thing gets down to it, I'm afraid that's about what's going to end up happening. we got so much junk going on out here, and nobody can discern the difference, nor do they dare to, to understand the difference. Not everything that comes in the name of God is God. You say, well, I don't know, but I mean, Brother such and such said it was. Well, Brother such and such may not know the difference between Jesus Christ and that doorknob back there either. Just because they present themselves as ministers, it does not mean that they discern. Ooh, just don't go there. Matthew 12. Matthew 12, uh, 31. Matthew 12, 31. Now it says here, Wherever, wherefore I say unto you, all matter of sin and blasphemy shall be given to men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something on that that's never done, been done as far as I know, that's ever been done in, in public and for a congregation. I'm going to teach on the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. The time that is coming, I've, I've, had the, I've had the revelation knowledge for it for probably 22 years now, and God's finally going to let me preach it. You don't want to miss it or you want to get the CD when I do. But some of you are going to have, some of you are going to be, uh, 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 bless God, wide-eyed and probably not bushy-tailed after you listen to it. There is more to blaspheme the Holy Ghost than, bless God, most people have any idea in this world what it is all about. And we've got many that have already blasphemed the Holy Ghost. And they're blaspheming the Holy Ghost because they're ignorant, they're without teaching, they're, bless God, they're still sucking on a bottle, thinking they're all growing up, and they're not. And we're in trouble. The church is in trouble. We have, got, we have got a commission from God, by God, to carry out in these last days, and we're so far behind that we're ignorant enough to think we're in front. 
And we're not in front, folks. We're behind. Darkness is out in front of us. Darkness is in the translation. Darkness is in, bless God, into, into moving objects and, and being able to do things in the supernatural world that light the, the, us people sitting in churches in our home. Why? And it should be the church operating in the deep things of the Spirit. We're, we, we can't do that. That goes back to the same thing I said before. Bless God, we're, we're not working the greater works of God. We're not working the same works that He worked, all right? Now, uh, that was 31. Uh, and, and, and whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. E- either make the, the, the tree good and the fruit good, or else make the, fruit, uh, the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Now this guy uh, produced some corrupt food out there, right? So what's his? What is his tree? It's corrupt. It can't be trusted. You eat of it, you'll die. It's that simple. And people already have partaken of that fruit of that tree of that man. O generation of vipers, uh, how can you be being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures of the heart bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. And you need to underline that if it's not underlined in your Bible. Every idle word. Every one of these deceptive things, and we started out last night in Jeremiah 48.10, that, that, that curse be ever, everybody that uses anything to do with God deceitfully. Okay? So we know that anybody, we know that this man out there cursed himself. All right? You say, well, God cursed him. Well, you know, it's a matter of the way you see it. God makes the rules. You break the rules. There's a penalty to be paid. The penalty to be paid for shooting your mouth off and it's not God. You curse yourself. Then you can't figure out why you're sick, why you're broke, why everything never works out in your life. is because you won't keep your cockeyed mouth shut and just serve God. Somebody out there needs to hear what I'm saying today. Just serve God. That's all God wants out of you. Just serve Him. You don't need to be God's little mouthpiece running around here thinking that you're God's little whatever, whatever it is. God's got plenty of those. If God wants you to do it, He will get you somewhere and He'll cause you to stand up and you'll be able to do it without getting on the telephone trying to explain to everybody how spatial you are in the eyes of God. He says this, But I say unto you that every idle word... 36 again, that men shall speak and they shall give account for in the day of judgment, for by thy words thou shalt be justified. You speak correctly, it's going to be just. Or by thy words thou shalt be condemned. You speak wrong things, you have condemned yourself. My Lord and my God, that ought to make you shake in your shoes. You have no idea what I go through when I get in the third world and God said, Well, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow I want you to call the president of this country. I want you to call. He said, I purpose the heart of the governor general, and they're going to accept you. You're going to come in, and I want you to stand, and I want you to stand before that president, and I want you to say, Thus saith the mouth of God, in three days uh, the, it's going to, the, the flood's going to come to this, to this earth. After I leave, that you'll know that God sent His prophet unto this nation. Repent you, Mr. President. Do you have any idea what I... You don't have any idea what I go through. My stomach begins to churn. You know, God only knows if I didn't have ulcers, it's only because He heals me. 
Bless God, there's times I go in and throw up in the toilet. There's times, bless God, that I, 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 I sleep leaves me. I anoint my head and go to fasting. I'm about to have to go to do something that I know that I'm putting my life on the line to go do. Do you think I enjoy that? Some of you sitting out there, oh, it must be something. Bless God for God to use you the way it is. It is hell on this earth to do what I do. I don't like doing it. It scares me. Why? Because I believe the Word. I believe I've got to stand before God right along with everybody else and give a... I don't enjoy it. I don't love standing up here, uh, thus saith the mouth of God to you or anybody else, whether you're a king or you're a pauper. But I have to do it. That's what I do. That's what God anointed me from the foundation of this world to do, and I do it. And evidently I've done it well in 30 years because none of it's missed thus far. Could it miss? You bet it can miss. And that's what scares me even more. You know what I wish for? You know what if I could have the desire of my heart? You know what it would be? That God would appear to me tonight with an angel and He'd say, Deckard, you'll never have to prophesy again. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And I would rejoice the rest of my days on this earth because it's over for me. But it's not over, and I know it's not. And then I sit back and watch these knuckleheads, these people that email me and all this crap that comes to me. There's no more God than the doorknob back there. And yet they're out here doing this stuff. And, and I keep saying, what is wrong with these people? As I told you folks, God is going to speak to you. God's going to find a way to speak to you. He's going to find a, a, a way to, to get across to you what He's wanting to say about your life, about how that you... You see, when Jesus said, before you go removing that, 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 that beam, or I call it a telephone pole, out of your neighbor's eye... Get the speck, get that little splinter out of your own eye first. You don't, you know, there again, if you're going to problem, let me tell you, let me tell you, and I'm, I'm giving you some rules. I hope you're writing this stuff down or you'll get these CDs. The rule number, whatever that is, I don't even remember at this point in time, is number one, if you're not clean, now listen to me, if you're into pornography, masturbation, if you're into, bless God, blatantly lying and you know you're lying, and you open your mouth up and start saying, God said, you are a bigger fool than even you know you are. God does not use filthy vessels. Please understand that. This thing is not done because I am just happen to be a good old boy. This is done because I understand that He is a holy God and He demands holiness out of those that He's going to deal with and those that serve Him. It's just that simple. It's not hard, to, that's not hard to discern. It's not hard to recognize. That's just the way God is, and that's the way God works. So out of your mouth, the words are going to justify you, or they're going to condemn you. And, and folks, there's not anything in this world that, that, bless God, you can do. Let's go to Acts 16. Now, in this part of, of this, uh, we're going to begin to talk about here about the Spirit to prophesy. Okay, we're going, to, we're going to begin to talk about those things. And I want to go over here to, to Paul because what I said earlier, I want to back up here uh, through the Word, and I want to begin to show you something in 1616 of Acts. Now, as I said, an angel of darkness can come as an angel of light, and you don't, you don't, don't get to thinking you're so spiritual you can discern this thing. Paul did not discern this here. 16, and it came to pass, 1616 of Acts, and it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters 
much gains, uh, gain through Susame. She's a fortune teller. The same followed Paul and, and us and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Was she prophesying? Yeah. These are great men of salvation. Now, it doesn't say in that 16th verse that they knew this beforehand, because if they had it, Paul would have done something about it. Okay? Paul would have, Paul wouldn't have let her follow him around. But it says that in the same fall of Paul and us and crying out, these are men great. And this she did many days. So many days she followed him around. Now she's a soothsayer, but she's prophesying, these, these servants of the, these are men and are the servants of the Most High God, which will show you the way to salvation. That was her message. Now, and, but Paul being grieved, now being grieved, what does it mean? His spirit was grieved. See, sometimes my spirit gets grieved, and I know there's a problem. Turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and he came out the same hour. So the fact of it is that Paul didn't know in the beginning, and there this spirit was going around and saying, Oh, these are great servants, uh, uh, and show you in the way of salvation, servants of God. That gal was prophesying, and she was prophesying in the things of, in the end of the end of the world in the godly kingdom. But that was the devil, folks. That was that was a familiar spirit in operation. Followed Paul around many days, and Paul didn't know, but but Paul he didn't discern that, did he? You know why? It came as an angel of light. That's the way it came. And so Paul, after many days, he became grieved. He became grieved. I get around people, and bless God, I don't know. God don't let me under discern. I don't know. And after after being around him for a while, all of a sudden I start getting grieved. I get thinking, oh dear God in heaven, why do you get me around these kind of knuckleheads for? Why don't I, why don't I send them down the road to somebody else? Bless God, because why? They're monkeying around in areas that they don't have any reason to be monkeying around in. First Samuel ten. First Samuel ten. So you understand if it can happen to Paul, can it happen to you and I? You betcha. Let's not, you know, let, let's again try to at least, at least let's acknowledge the fact that Paul was greater anointed than, than, than us. Let's, 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 let's go to that and, and stay with that for a while anyway. First Samuel, the 10th chapter, and in the first verse. Now, I've gone through some of this before with you, but it's, it's important that we go through it again. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon the head, upon his head, which is Saul's head, and kissed him and said, it is not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance. Now, now he tells him as he leaves there, and I, I know that we've read this before, so the second, third, and fourth verse, uh, uh, bless God, uh, or the third verse talking about sending him on his way, the things that are going to take place and happen. Fourth verse says, and, the, and they will salute thee, the, the men that he's going to meet, and give you two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. After that thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass when thou art uh, come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets. Now, is that more than one prophet? Yes. Now, that was in Samuel's day. Yes. Who was the major prophet? Samuel. But there were other prophets. All right. Now, listen. And, and, and coming down from the high place with a palsy and with a tabret and with a pipe and a harp before them, and they, they shall prophesy. All right. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, that is the anointing, and thou shalt prophesy with them. Now, had Saul ever prophesied before? No. 
but he will now that the anointing will come upon him at this given point in time after he meets these prophets, all right? And, and, and it says, and shall be turned into another man. Now, now I, I, when the anointing comes upon me, I become somebody else. That's the reason I, I keep saying that we're okay here. I don't want anybody, I don't want anybody to be bothered by, by this statement because with what I'm doing after and between these services, you're okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be reading somebody the right act unless you just come at me and get, get blatantly stupid with me. And then if you do, I'll probably have to tell you what I gotta say. But, but as long as you just, you know, you come, you act nice, and you try not to lie and don't lie to me, we'll probably get along pretty well. But the fact of it is, I become another man. And after that anointing, when that anointing's on me, the reason they usually want to get me out and get me away from everybody is because I'm just as easy going to tell you something that you don't want to hear about your life as I am about what you want to hear about your life. Don't ever try the prophet because it never turns out very well for you, all right? Uh, the fact of it is, and I often tell the story about the, the lady that came and uh, the guy, in fact, he stood right over, right over about there where that brother's sitting right there on the end. And he was uh, standing there and I'd been through the prayer line. I started on that end and got down. I said, what are you doing there? And he said, well, I'm, I'm waiting for a word from God. I said, a word from God? I said, what, what, what are you talking about? Well, he said, I, I'm, I'm not leaving here to get a word. I looked at him. I said, brother, I said, do you want a word from God? I said, yeah. I said, is that your wife sitting back there, right, right about where you're sitting back there in the back? That, the brunette? He said, yeah, that's my wife. I said, who's the blonde you were in bed with last night? He got up and stomped. I got up, he left, turned right there, stomped right out those doors, right outside door, and he's going about it. a week later. His wife came back in service, got done ministering. She stood up. She said, prophet, can I say something? I said, yeah, I'll go ahead, darling. What is it? She said, I found the blonde. So you see... You, you, don't, you don't want to be trying. You don't want to be pushing the anointing. The anointing will chew you up and spit you out. Because when I, that other man's on me, uh, I, you're hearing from God. You're hearing from God today. The things that I'm saying, the emphasis I'm putting on things are things that God, again, I'm repeating what God is telling me to repeat. I'm telling you what God wants, to, wants you to hear. You, you, we're gonna, we have talked about in our services here, I think the last time here with the anointing, about becoming that other man. And it says, and, and let them let it be when these signs are come on thee that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. Now that's what we believe. Now, now if that's ever happened to you, and God's ever spoken that to you, or or a, a true uh, bona fide prophet. Now, see, we've got so many people chasing through America, the land of calling themselves bona fide prophets. And, and then when you begin to say, well, well, what kind of a track record do they have? Oh, my, Brother Deckard, well, they, they were in a, a church down in wherever that was, in, in whatever state that was, for, for ten years. Well, what has that got to be with being, becoming a bona fide prophet? Do you know what that is? That's a prophet unto a church. That has nothing to do with being a prophet unto a area or a region or a state or a nation or to the world. And that's what we've got going on. We've got prophets that are called to a church running around America now trying to make a big splash and trying to get everybody to realize that I'm, oh, I'm, I'm the prophet, I'm the prophet. And bless God, they're no more the prophet than, again, the doorknob that you pushed when you came in this building. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, 
With God, all things are possible. Thank you. 